jumper on the way. He hits, and it's a three. It's a franchise record, 54 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Gibson struggling to get it in, finds Wiggins. Andrew around a town screen, inside of midcourt, launches the three, at the buzzer, banks it in. Andrew Wiggins has won it at the buzzer. Lots it up ahead. Tyus rises up and slams it with the right hand. Taj Gibson with the defensive play of the game. It's over, it's over. Celebrate Wolves Nation. Welcome into Wolves Cast Audio On Demand. John Pokey alongside Cal Soderquist here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Coming up on this episode, got a little bit of an NCAA tournament theme. We'll check in with former Timberwolf Christian Leitner. He and his uh, Duke squad, of course, uh, national champions back in the day. And Leitner hit one of the biggest shots in tournament history. We'll break it down with him. Plus, we go in his own words, Anthony Tolliver style. AT will join us uh, to let us behind the curtain a little bit. So, got that coming up in segment three. Cal, speaking of the NCAA tournament, of course, the Final Four is coming to Minneapolis. It's going to be a great weekend, just a couple of weeks away. And there are a lot of great tournament memories and connections to this current Timberwolves team. I'm just going to run down a few and kind of get your thoughts and memories on uh, some of the tournament runs that these guys had. Of course, Derek Rose going to the national championship game with Memphis. That uh, brings up memories of the Mario Chalmers shot. Some people love those <laughs> memories. Derek Rose, probably not so much. Luol Dang went to the Final Four with Duke back in 2004. That Final Four also featured Oklahoma State, which uh, featured John Lucas III, currently a Timberwolves assistant coach. Carl Anthony Towns, Tyus Jones, of course, they were in the Final Four, didn't play each other, but Tyus's Duke squad beating Wisconsin for the championship. Gorgie Jang is a national champion with Louisville, although that one has since been vacated. And Ed Pinckney and Villanova, the greatest upset in tournament history back in 1985. And, uh, you know, on a local angle, Ryan Saunders, a former Golden Gopher, as the uh, Gophers back in the tournament this year as well. So some great memories, and I know that uh, more guys had connections to the tournament, but those were some of the biggest runs, and I guess what stands out thinking of those Timberwolves players that had those memorable uh, experiences in, at this time of year? Well, I think for me, I, I remember that Carl Anthony Towns Kentucky team vividly. Uh, you know, they were... A lot of people were talking about if they would have went on to win the title, one of the best college teams of all time mm -hmm. when you consider both the talent on that team and then also what they were able to do uh, as far as their, their entire season. But to me, I'm really loving, and I hope we get to continue to follow it, uh, the connection from Tyus Jones and his championship team at Duke. Jalil Okafor was his teammate. Justice Winslow yeah, playing for the Miami Heat now. A lot of recognizable names, and now the parallels you can draw to this year's Duke team where obviously Trey Jones is the point guard. I think Coach Krzyzewski uh, called him the team's most important player, but he by no means is the, uh, the player on this team that gets the most headlines. It's Zion Williamson. There's, there's R.J. Barrett. There's a lot of players on that team, so much talent, but I think it's really cool to compare Trey and Tyus and what they do for, for how important they were for their, their teams and kind of how they're going to be able to live this out once again together. Trey obviously followed Tyus's team very closely. I think Tyus said Trey was there for a lot of those mm -hmm. games in those atmospheres and those environments. So the fact that Tyus now will get to be the guy – Maybe not watching as much from the stands because he'll still be 
playing for this team and, and in different cities with the Wolves. But certainly following it closely, I think it'll be a lot of fun for both guys. Well, and the storyline of possibly playing in a Final Four in the Twin Cities, your essential hometown, uh, is almost too much. I mean, it's Tyus's, Tyus's uh, phrase is always, write your own story. Yeah. That would be an incredible ending to a story that you could write. And, you know, with Trey, too, I turned on the ACC tournament uh, last weekend and almost like it, it had to stop myself because – he and Tyus move so similarly and how they get to certain spots on the floor, how they set their teammates up, their body movements, their body language, some of those things. It's just really wild how similar those are. So, boy, it would be really fun to follow, as you mentioned, those parallels of Tyus and Trey Jones. And hopefully it culminates in at least an appearance in the Final Four here in the Twin Cities. So we'll be looking forward to that. March Madness, always a fun time. Be sure to check out our broadcast throughout the tournament as we'll be hearing from some of those guys that I mentioned, their memories of this time of year. Keep it right here. We're going to take our first time out, but when we come back, we relive another March memory with former Timberwolf Christian Leitner. He and his Duke squad had a memorable run that culminated in a championship here in the Twin Cities. We'll talk all about it next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Timberwolves are back, and so is College Night, presented by U.S. Bank. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets for $10 by using a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Welcome back to WolvesCast Audio On Demand. John Fokey with you here in our Target Center NBA Tonight studios. Still to come on the program, Anthony Tolliver in his own words. We'll find out what AT is better at than his teammates, and the answer... Well, it may surprise you. Plus, the Wolves finally back home for an extended period starting next week. Cal Soderquist takes us three in the key as we preview the beginning of Minnesota's homestand. But first, the NCAA tournament is upon us, and with the Final Four in Minneapolis this year, thought there was no better time to revisit one of the greatest shots in NCAA history, and it was hit by former Timberwolf Christian Leitner as Duke down Kentucky to advance. Let's go back to the shot you hit against Kentucky. And I know you've relived this moment millions of millions of times, uh, but I just read an article recently where I I believe it was uh, one of your teammates said that Coach K had some words for you right before you guys went out on the floor. And he said that Coach reminded you that the clock doesn't start until you touch the ball. And that allowed you to, you know, be patient in making your move. Do Do you recall that? Or was there just, you know, so much happening that... Uh, you, you're just focused on making the play. I don't remember specifically that comment exactly coming from Coach K to us in the huddle or to me specifically because over the years it's been talked about so many times that like the only thing I remember from the huddle is that the first thing he said is, is that we can win the game. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And then, and then the Did sec- you believe him? I always believed him. If Coach, if Coach K said the sky will be, you know, purple when you get outside, I would have believed him. Mm-hmm. So I always believed him. And then you have to realize that he and I had already made a shot together like that two years before against UConn. Pretty mm-hmm. much the same exact situation. So, and that's why over the years I have never understood when Bobby Hurley and Grant Hill said, "Oh, I thought we were going home." You know, Mm because we're not going to win this game, the Kentucky game. And I was like, why are you guys thinking that when we already hit a shot two years ago, you know? So Grant and Bobby didn't trust in (laughs) in me or us or the team. So so that's something always funny to tease them about. You know what I mean? Over the years, every time I see them, I'm like, you didn't think we were going to win. So... (laughs) 
And then I remember Coach K saying, Grant, can you throw a good pass? And Grant said, yes. And then Christian, can you catch the ball? He didn't say, Christian, can you make the shot and make us win? Because mm-hmm. that's too big of a goal to, to look at. And Coach K was very good at the psychology of the game. So he got verbal acknowledgement from Grant Hill out loud in front of everyone. Yeah, I can make the pass. Christian, can you catch the ball? Yes. So just to get us thinking in some positive ways really is a huge psychological thing, and he's great at that part of the game. So I don't remember him saying this. You know, I might have blocked it out because I knew I was, they were going to throw the ball to me. So he might have said it to, like, all of us in the group. But we were so well trained in that situation because he would do it in practice. You know, we'd mm-hmm. have an hour and 15-minute practice. Then the last five minutes, he'd let us play. And, and, and then if the starters were killing the second team, he'd say, okay, throw that game out. We're going to do a 20-second a game, and the starters are down three. So we always did those type of situations in practice. We were very trained at it. And there was 2.1 seconds left, and I knew I didn't have to rush, and there was plenty of time. I talked to Tyus Jones earlier, obviously, played under Coach K, and one of the things that he talked about was how in that one year, Coach changed him from, changed his mindset from being a, a guard to being, you know, a true point guard and, and kind of raised his levels of observation and knowing uh, time and score and who's got the hot hand, where guys, you know, just kind of basically raised his, his basketball IQ. Do you feel that, that during your time with Coach K, he helped raise your basketball IQ? Well, of course, um, but I think that's one of the ways Coach K is even better than people give him um, credit for is because he's really good with point guards, mm-hmm. really, really, really good with point guards because he was a point guard under you know a very difficult coach, Bobby Knight. So he is great with point guards, and I can see how he would really change Tyus's mindset within one year because he changed my life and mindset, you know, dramatically over four years. But he's a great coach. But yes, with point guards, he has a special relationship. Um, you know, as a big guy in the game, you never really think of time and clock and shot clock, and you're never dribbling, looking at the clock, trying to figure out what you have to do. That's kind of like the point guard's job. Um, so it's like part of the game that I never even thought of when I was at Duke and didn't really think of much even in the NBA. Now, you are aware of the clock when it's getting low and you got to throw a shot up, but it's different for point guards. they got to know pretty much the whole length of the shot clock, 35 seconds or 24, whatever it is. But, yes, he can have that dramatic of effect on you as a basketball player just within one year. Um, imagine... You know, mine is three times that or four times mm-hmm. that because I was with him for four years. So, where where do you feel like he raised your game, or or in every aspect you can possibly imagine? Mm-hmm. Um, I was a tall kid in high school that had some guard skills. You know, even though I was really big, and I wanted to go play for Coach K because he let his big guys play inside and outside. So he was affecting my game when I was in high school. When I was a junior in high school practicing working on my game he was affecting it then because i knew that i wanted to go to duke and when i did go to duke i would need these skills more so a very powerful effect for sure that's former timberwolf christian laidner always a fixture at the final four and you can bet he'll be in minneapolis this year as the twin cities plays host to final four weekend all right still to come here on wolves cast cal soderquist will take us three in the key but coming up next anthony tolliver in his own words on the timberwolves radio network
Experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whether you're at home, at Target Center, or anywhere around the globe, the app is your remote control to all things Timberwolves. Head over to the App Store or Google Play to download it now. Wolves cast continues. John Fokey with you. Coming up, a homestand on the horizon after this mini two-game road trip. Cal Soderquist will take us three in the key to break it all down in our final segment. But first, we get to know Timberwolves backup forward Anthony Tolliver a little bit better in his own words. If you weren't a professional basketball player, what would you be doing and why? If I weren't a ba- professional basketball player, I would be a entrepreneur. Um, I would be um, focusing in on small businesses and, and building them up from idea to um, to a great company. And so. Uh, I'm already doing that a little bit off the court and just wanting to continue to do that after I play basketball. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? If I could eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would probably be burgers because those are uh, probably my favorite food. (laughs) You can make breakfast burgers, lunch burgers, dinner burgers, Mexican burgers, (laughs) Korean burgers. So it's very, very versatile. Um, But yeah, burgers are definitely my favorite uh, favorite food. Uh, What's the last movie you saw in theaters and how was it? Um, The last movie I saw in theater was Ant-Man versus the Wasp, or sorry, Ant-Man and the Wasp. and I thought it was really good. Uh, I took my son to it, and uh, we had a lot of fun, had a lot of laughs, and um, and uh, yeah, it was a really well put together movie. I think it was maybe even better than the first one. What is one thing you're confident you're better at than all of your teammates? Uh, I would definitely say shooting. <laughs> um, numbers don't lie. Um, you know, I hope it's. Uh, top six in the NBA last year in three-point percentage, so uh, I'd have to think that uh, I'm I'm the best shooter on the team, so uh, I take that with pride, and I'll challenge anybody that that wants to take me on. What was your least favorite school subject and why? Mm, Probably my least favorite school subject was um, social studies uh, or history. Um, mainly because my brain doesn't work well with, <laughs> with those things. I'm more of a numbers guy, I'm a math guy. Uh, so um, I didn't, I did well in school, and but those were always my weakest subjects. So I would say that those are my, my least favorite. Late team may have been the best shooter on the team heading into this season, but after the tear that Carl Anthony Towns has been on since the All-Star break and has seen his three-point percentage climb north of 40, AT's got some competition at this moment in time. All right, stay here. We go three in the key with Cal Soderquist to wrap things up. That's coming up next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The season is here, and unforgettable experiences are just waiting for you and your group. Catch the pack in action and get in on pregame performances, player high fives, photo ops, and more. Find your experience now at Timberwolves.com slash groups. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wrapping up Wolves cast audio on demand, John Fokey rejoined by Cal Soderquist. The Wolves have uh, essentially been on the road since the All-Star break, but the good news is they will be back home for an extended homestand starting next week, Tuesday, as they welcome in the L.A. Clippers. Then they've got the Warriors and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers coming up over the next week. So, 
finally a chance for some home cooking for this Timberwolves team where things have been much better for them at Target Center uh, this season overall than they have been on the road. But as we go three in the key, Cal, there's still one more road game before we get to that homestand. Yeah, we'll get that pesky road matchup out of the way right away in Memphis. And we start with obviously three key players. Chandler Parsons, you remember this guy? I mean, vaguely. <laughs> he basically fell all the way out of the rotation for Memphis this season. He had not played since late October, uh, but late last month he did rejoin the lineup, and he's coming off a season-high 16-point effort in a loss to the Wizards last weekend. He also added six boards and five dimes in, in just 23 minutes of action in that game. So we will see if he is featured a bit more both tonight and moving forward, a, a guy who probably – trying to revive his career, knowing what's on the line. If nothing else, he's well-rested at this point. <laughs> Very much so. All right, second key player, Montrez Harrell, the L.A. Clippers. This is one of those true uh, know-your-role, stay-in-your-lane type players, and he thrives in that role, and he's really thriving of late. Over his last five games, he's averaged nearly 22 points, nine rebounds per game, shooting 55% from the field. Uh, averaging about 27 minutes per game. And as Ryan Saunders might say, he's one of those low-usage guys who just does it without the basketball, still very effective, and he's been a key part of this uh, late-season surge for the L.A. Clippers. And to circle back around to our conversation in the first segment, he and uh, uh, Gorgie Jang teamed up to True. bring Louisville a championship back in the day. There you go. Another guy who had a very memorable March run, Steph Curry. He's our third and final key player, obviously, at Davidson then. Now with the Golden State Warriors, we just saw the brilliance on full display last week here at Target Center. And if you missed it then, make sure you hear this coming Friday because all it takes is a four- or five-minute span. You look at that 12-minute third quarter, Curry had 22 of his game-high 36 in that third frame in the win over the Wolves, and his head coach, Steve Kerr, kind of spoke about it after the game. But Steph just has this ability to play with almost that that carefree spirit, a very playful attitude when he's out on the floor, and it probably lifts his teammates up, certainly energizes the crowd, whether you're there to cheer for you know, the Warriors or to cheer for the Wolves, but you give that begrudging respect to Steph and, and his teammates. It's certainly something to witness. So one last chance on Friday at the Target Center. Yeah, I loved how Steve Kerr said he plays with a showmanship. He yeah. wants to put on a show not only for his teammates but for the crowd, and man, did he do that in that third quarter. All right, time for two key stats now. We start with this, the L.A. Clippers efficiency. We mentioned that they are on a late-season surge, and, and really since mid-February, they rank eighth in the NBA in net efficiency, a plus 4.4 per 100 possessions. They are fourth in offensive efficiency in that same time span, nearly 114 points per 100 possessions. And on the entire season, they rank fifth in fourth quarter net rating. So they're outscoring opponents by more than five points per 100 possessions in the final frame. So they're a team that is hitting their stride and really has, has had to because they're trying to fend off all these different challengers for one of those final playoff spots. And absolutely, I think Doc Rivers deserves Coach of the Year consideration. I know there's a lot of great candidates, but what he has done and the way they traded away Tobias Harris and yet are still in the playoff mix has just been uh, it's been fantastic to watch. Agreed. One eye on the future, one eye on the present, it seems like. All right, second and last key stat is this, 3-1. and one. Uh, the Golden State Warriors wrapped up a four-game road trip with that win over the Wolves on Tuesday, so they went 3-1 and one on that trip, meaning they have now finished with a record of 500 or better 
on 22 consecutive road trips since the beginning of the 2013-14 season. So I didn't check, but I assume this just means anytime they play two or more consecutive games on the road, that's a road trip, and 22 straight trips, they've won at least half of those games. Uh, it's almost mind-boggling to think about. The consistency is, an incre- is incredible, but that's why they're one of the top teams year in and year out. Uh, you take care of business at home, you, you play 500 ball on the road, and that's exactly what the Warriors are doing. All right, we will wrap up with one key matchup, and we'll, we'll try this again. Carl Anthony Towns against DeMarcus Cousins. We spotlighted it last <laughs> week, and an ankle injury from DMC and then a subsequent MRI caused us to miss out on the matchup as he missed last week's matchup with the Wolves, but he is back. He should be out there on Friday as the Warriors will not be on any sort of a back-to-back either before or after when they come to town. So let's cross our fingers that we get that Kentucky big man matchup. Cat coming off a 20-20 game against the Warriors, 26 points and 21 rebounds. As we mentioned, this homestand kicks off Tuesday with the Clippers. Warriors, Sixers all on tap. Get your tickets at Timberwolves.com. For Cal Sotokwis, I'm John Folke. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This has been a presentation of the Timberwolves Radio Network.